Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. Durant again gets the inbounds pass, and the Clippers will call off the dogs. They will let KD dribble out the remaining second, and the Suns win 129-124, the final score in Game 3 of this first-round playoff matchup with the Clippers. Suns seize home court advantage. I said seize. I love the way you say that. Home court advantage. I got to try and match the energy around here. Wolf thinks he's just going to bull rush me with energy. <laughs> Coming off last night in Jonathan Gannon, I'm ready here to match energy. <laughs> At the very least, I can do that. In fact, it's quite the opposite with Ron Wolfley to get things started. Didn't really make it out of the first inning without us having to go to the bullpen and bring in John Bloom to get some Suns analysis. You heard the Suns broadcaster there with a final call. We'll get some thoughts here, right here, right now from L.A. John Bloom. How we doing? And what's your, what's your confidence level right now here? Two one Suns in this first round series. Ooh, uh, Paulie Pigskin! Thanks for uh, filling in uh, for for uh, Lukey Coachella wherever uh, he is right now. I'm picturing <laughs> yep. uh, what his afternoon slash evening is going to look like, uh, and at the same time, I'm looking out and I can actually see uh, Earth across the way from the city and these big buildings in downtown Los Angeles. The smog has somewhat lifted, uh, and I can use that as an analogy for this series because I do think the Suns are clearly in control uh, for a number of factors, uh, and it's not all because they're playing great basketball you know john it's funny because going into game three i labeled it as a must win and i reject myself for doing that but that's <laughs> what i felt i felt like this is the opportunity for the suns to seize control of this series especially when Kawhi leonard was ruled out i felt like it was a must win situation for the suns they couldn't let that opportunity get away what do you say I say, uh, Wolf, that it's just a, a bizarre situation in the playoffs to have even like employees of the opposition shaking their heads the way they were when we got to work last night at the arena, uh, you know, and just asking the, the question of, you know, did you guys know that this was coming uh, before we found out uh, that Kawhi Leonard wasn't going to play? And I got what you were saying yesterday about it being a must win. Uh, you know, kind of feel that way anyway when you split the first two at home and you've got to go regain or seize home court advantage back, as Paulie would say. And I think that that's right on the money. So it, it's a very important, pivotal game three, no matter what. But then you add that whole uh, factor to the equation, which is that uh, kind of mental warfare, if you will, because yes. you have to fight that nature in you, which which is just that we should go run these guys out of the gym. You know, everybody yes. felt that. And yet you're not going to because they're still highly trained professionals and they happen to be the deepest team or at least one of the deepest teams in the NBA. So we've been talking about that all year. Clippers are so deep. OK, well, now they're putting all that depth to the test. And boy, Norman Powell step up and Russell Westbrook turn back the clock and all those things happen so that they could stay competitive in that game last night uh, and yet the Suns really never felt like they were out of control of that game at least in my eyes. So is that a concern? Should that be a shocker that the degree of difficulty was extreme? It was still a three-point game with 90 seconds yeah. to go in a game where Devin Booker ultimately went for 45, shooting 18 to 29 with zero turnovers. Well, how do you process that, John? 
Well, I think I have to look at it, Paul, like we did maybe, you know, if, if you want to use football and, and go back to you, you mentioned Larry Fitzgerald and that amazing run he had in the playoffs in 2008, but it's each win was, was what was important, right? So in football, it's a win and you move on. You don't necessarily break it down and say, oh, well, this is concerning or that's concerning. You got to win. You're still alive. You survived and advanced. In basketball, the best of seven series kind of tilts that. It's like every game is its own, you know, series, if you will. And uh, and then it changes the whole narrative. So with last night's win, now the Suns have home court. Now they're up to one. I'm looking at it as that was a W, and that's what matters most. Are there concerning things about this team? If you want to say uh, flash forward to a matchup with the Denver Nuggets, who look like they're playing as the best team in the West, which they have been all season. Sure. I mean, if you wanted to look ahead, but I don't think the Suns are doing that. And frankly, I'm not personally doing that. They still have a mountain to climb here with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, and yet I think they're in a good spot to do it. I don't want to lead you at all on this one, Johnny, but talk about Devin Booker, and where do you put this game in terms of his playoff performances? I mean, it's right up there. It, the, the thing about it is, you know, people are going to say, well, you know, you went up against the, the Kawhi and Paul george Clippers team. That's always going to be kind of the caveat for that. But if you look at, you know, the, the high-scoring games, I think this was his fifth 40-point game. His highest-scoring game is 47, so it was only too shy of that. But it was the way he did it. I mean, it was a master class again and being able to score at three levels, get to the rim, uh, do it from the free-throw line, and the long-range shots were dropping. And it's it's just such a beautiful thing to watch. I know you agree with that, Wolf. And, yes. and you know, I, I just look at it as, you know, we're getting a chance to see one of the finest artists that this game has seen. We've seen him grow up. We've seen him expand every single year to that game, to that, you know, kind of magic bag that he has. And uh, it's just, I think one of the things that's most tantalizing right now is if you, you talk about flashing forward, is if he can continue playing at this level, and that's a lot to ask, because he's not only playing so well, but all the minutes that he's yes. playing uh, right now, which is well over 40 per game through the first three. Uh, I don't know how sustainable that is, but if he can sustain it, the rest of the world is going to really get a, a, a better look and idea about just how good Devin Booker is. Now, they know Kevin Durant is an absolute bona fide superstar, but when you see the way KD is deferring to Devin Booker, I think that's something that will be eye-opening to folks if they haven't had a chance to watch the Suns play yet. And you mentioned the rest of the world. We're on board with John Bloom, Suns broadcaster. For the most part, the rest of the world, their last memory of Devin Booker was Game 7 a year ago. And a Game 6 flame out as well. How much do you, of that do you think is driving D-Book in this postseason? Oh, no doubt. No doubt, Paul. I mean, I think it's that it's that coupled with, uh, you know, the way it ended the year before that, uh, with how well he was playing all the way through those playoffs to get the Suns to the finals against the Bucks. It's that with all the first, you know, six years of trials and tribulations with this basketball team before he started experiencing the success that he has the last couple. So I think it's all of that. Co- and then you have to give the credit to his upbringing and, you know, his one year at Kentucky and, and everything else that he's done to get himself in this position. But, um, you know, I, I just think it's it's fantastic that he's able to do it at this level. He's contributing as much as anybody else is right now to their team's success across the NBA. Johnny, any concerns from what you saw last night? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You go ahead, John. 
<laughs> Is your name John? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I think, uh, look, I-, I am not as concerned as I know a lot of people are uh, about the production slash engagement level of the big fella. I, I think DeAndre Ayton is going to be just fine. I'm still waiting for his bust-out game, and I think it's coming. Um, and I just I, – I think there's this uh, – I mentioned deferring, and you can see the way Kevin Durant has kind of inserted himself into this team, and we're still – getting to know how that's all going to look and, and operate. And I think DeAndre Ayton is part of that process. Last night was the first time that I really noticed Kevin Durant making a point to feed DA. I mean, there were maybe three or four possessions in a row where he was looking for nobody else but 22 when he brought it up the floor. I like that because I think as long if they if those two develop a connection, that is going to be what elevates DeAndre yeah. from an offensive standpoint, especially because he's going to get a lot of good looks. I mean, KD it's it's not just uh, the fact that he's seven foot. It's the vision, the timing, and he turned it over a bunch last night. I'm sure he's kicking himself a little bit for those uh, miscues, especially in the first half. Uh, but my anticipation is that that connection gets sharper between those guys, and uh, and we will see that bust out game from the big fella. As far as concerns, um, yeah, I just think they need to continue to to dial in uh, their own offensive and defensive approach. They're still a work in progress, as we can see, and uh, the fact that they're up two games to one. Is is a pretty good spot to be considering you're a work in progress. What about the bench, though? They got outscored 39-18 bench points, and that's the Clippers even without Norm Powell, who went for 42 as a starter. I, we right. talk about sustainable. The bench and, and D-Book obviously are interlinked. They are, and look, I don't, I'm not sure it's going to change, Paul, at least in this series, uh, because of the way that uh, you know the the Suns are operating with their rotations uh, and how much minutes they're giving to their starters. And so, uh, you know, they're making an effort to keep the starters on the floor even when they do bring in guys. Uh, and I thought that you know they, they got great contributions again from guys like Josh Okogie and Bismack Biombo last night, uh, and and hopefully they can mix in some of the others too if needed. Uh, but right now, it seems like. You know, they're really putting the onus on the starting five to do the bulk of the offensive scoring and, and really uh, the bulk of the play. And I think that it's interesting because the Clippers, again, uh, against any team, the Clippers are going to get bench production. This is what they do. They're a very deep team. So you expect that. I also think that you would like to get a little bit more production, especially offensively, from the Sun second unit. But it's going to take them getting the chemistry. We talk so much about the off- the, the starters uh, still working out their kinks and getting together. But the, the second unit now with the tweaks to that group also have to get familiar with the guys that they're on the floor with. And I think that's all kind of this process. And, and my expectation is, look, this could last a couple months, right? Hopefully yep. <laughs> we're still talking about this in a couple months. And if it does, like, I think it's going to be a totally different look. Let's even say two, three weeks from now, if they're still playing basketball than it is right now. All right. Wolf's telling me to wrap it up. He's not the boss of me. I got one real quick one. I'd ask you about Kawhi Leonard. Nobody has a clue. What about Chris Paul in that right hand? There was video of him with a wrap, I think on the pinky finger of his right hand. And then he went out and shot five of 18. What do we know? I think that might have been just him thinking about it a little bit because uh, we were talking about it on the broadcast last night. Uh, Tim Kempton actually had a little breakfast yesterday with CP in the room and they were chatting and uh, Chris told him that, yeah, he was feeling much better than when he did after the game. He was talking with Tim and Al about it uh, the other night when he did definitely uh, bang that finger and and he did have x-rays and they were negative and so that eased his mind a little bit and clearly he was good enough to go out and play all the minutes he played, but yeah, it wasn't 
wasn't a great shooting performance, and that's an understatement, and hopefully he'll bounce back as well. Uh, we got not a lot of time to get ready, like 24 hours and a little change yeah. before uh, game four tips up. Johnny, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Really appreciate it. And remember, Johnny. You guys have a great weekend. In L.A., it's not smog. It's haze. The locals call it haze. Just tell Kempton that, okay? He doesn't want to get on the wrong side over there. So appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, well, then why is it so darn hard to breathe here, Paulie? <laughs> hey, we can't, we can't answer everything around here. John Bloom right there.